Welcome to the NBA Morning Deuce. It is Monday, January 25th. Um, do you want to do the time? Yes, I had a huge joke, but 6.54 on the West Coast. Oh. 9.54 East Coast. It's a clever joke. It's a clever joke. Uh, if you've listened to yesterday's show, you know that today is going to be a little bit another different episode. Uh, typically what we do is we try to go through all of the games from the night, hit the biggest storylines of the day, uh, news, which there is plenty. There's plenty of news and, and, uh, storylines. There's stuff we could hit. There's a lot of games going on. Uh, one game was postponed, the Pelicans and the Spurs for health and safety protocols. So that's 21 now this year. Uh, but we decided yesterday, last night, um, that today... As opposed to doing a normal episode, uh, since we record these episodes at night for more, it's the morning deuce, so we record them for the next morning. Uh, tomorrow, January twenty sixth, is the um, it's the one year anniversary of the death of Kobe Bryant um, and his daughter Gianna. And seven others who are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven others that were on the helicopter with them. Um, so what we wanted to do today, since we haven't, you know, we didn't have a podcast back then when that happened. We started this podcast for the NBA playoffs um, this last year in the bubble. And I think... No matter what games we there are tomorrow or tonight, this is uh, it's one of those things where this would be a topic on the show, no matter what. But at least for me, and I think for you too, but for me definitely, it's not a topic that I could just talk about for um two or three minutes like we would for a headline like we do on the show, or even five minutes. Yeah, it's, there's just uh, no way to do it justice. It's it's too, um, too and much. It, and it is a delicate. It, it is an interesting. It's it's sort of an interesting thing to do an entire <clears throat> episode on it. Um, uh, and it's going to be. We're kind of just going with it because we've never done an episode like this before. But, um, you know, I think, yeah, like you said, I think that's a good way to put it. It wouldn't do it justice to just be like. Today, you know, here's the anniversary of Kobe Bryant's death. Now let's talk about a bunch of games. So today, that's what we're going to do. Um, you know, if that's not your thing, I get it. We'll have more episodes going forward. But, you know, Kobe was, if you're an NBA fan uh, of a certain generation or of many, of a few generations, which is something I'll actually mention, Kobe Bryant was an important person to to your life just even if you weren't a fan, just by sort of just by being who he was, like he was just an influential person. Um, so I want to get into that. I do want to say this. I do want to do this because tomorrow, today and tomorrow, what we are going to hear a lot about is Kobe and his daughter. I do want to actually say the names of the other people who passed away in the mm-hmm. accident because they won't get meant. I mean, they'll get mentioned as the others. Yeah. So John... Carrie and Alyssa Altabelli, Sarah and Peyton Chester, Christina Mauser and Ara 
I don't. I've never known how to say the name. The pilot was Ara Ara Aria Zabayan. But so we remember all of them, obviously. But NBA show. We know Kobe. We know his daughter. So that's what we're going to talk about. So I was trying to figure out all day like where to start. So here's where here's where I want to start with you. I have a question for you. Growing up in you grew, you're our resident Philly guy. You grew up in Philly. Um, you still live in Philly. Is it different a little bit for you outside of LA? Obviously, in terms of fans and the way people embrace Kobe. Like obviously, LA. He's a legend. He's the king. Like he's everything to that city. Um, is it different for Philly? Being that he you were born in Philly, played bas played high school basketball in Philly. He's a Philly. I mean. Outside of LA, he's recognized as a Philly guy. Mm -hmm. um, so was it different, or you know, like for especially for a sports uh, city that's so like rabid about their their teams and so loyal to AI and all that stuff? Was it was this a was it different when this happened for Philly fans? Yeah, I can actually talk a lot about this. Um, I grew up 15 minutes from his high school, Lower Marion High School. Um, just an absolute legend there obviously. Um, so I work for, for an outlet that covers Philly sports. And when this news was breaking, I mean, I was as rattled. I mean, we will probably talk about how, how it impacted us personally, but uh, my outlet was really pushing content about Kobe Bryant. And it just didn't, I didn't really understand, I don't think, how tied the city was to him mm -hmm. until, you know, our audience was just all over this. That they, they, like, they there was mourning. They were they were so upset, just like the, the rest of the country was, obviously. But they really, after retirement, we embraced this guy as a, just a straight-up Philly guy. Um, I'm wearing the Eagles hat. He was a huge Eagles fan. I think he actually spoke to the locker room I'm sure he did. during the Super Bowl season. Um, I mean, he was absolutely adored in the Eagles locker room. And uh, that, that went a long way toward the city just, like, gravitating to this guy after retirement. Obviously, when he played, we couldn't stand him. We hated him because he was so damn good. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's fair. I mean, L.A., obviously, no, but th that city was hit the hardest. The morning was was remark. I mean, it was just it just hit them so hard. And then I think Philly was probably next in terms of the amount of people that were truly rattled, truly rattled by this. Um, so I think it's, yeah, that just a, he was a Philly guy. Yeah, it was. It's interesting. Like I, I'm very, cl I'm close with Rip Hamilton. Um, Rip's a Philly guy. He was from Coatesville. Um, grew up in the area. Played. You know, was in the McDonald's game with Kobe. So it was interesting talking to him after. You know, like late. You know, a little bit after. Obviously, when it first happened, I didn't talk to him for weeks, maybe mm -hmm. months, because he was devastated. Like they were, they're very close. Um, but just talk like knowing how linked to the city he was was it's pretty fascinating because you know but you don't know right mm -hmm. like unless you're from there you don't really know um i mentioned to you before we started you know when kobe passed when we when i found out about this i'd say um outside of family members passing away i don't know that i've ever just when it happened been as emotional or impacted by just a person that I don't personally know passing away in, in my life. Uh, it took, and I, for a long time, I thought about it for a long time, like 
trying to figure out why, like, why am I so, and I, and, and I'm not, I was never a diehard Kobe fan. I was never a Laker fan. I was, but I was an, I, you know, NBA, not only did I grow up being obsessed with the NBA, but I worked in the NBA. Uh, my experience working in the NBA got me to my, my job as a producer and basically everything I've done has revolved around the NBA. Um, and I, you know, I think there's a, there's probably a couple reasons why it was like, why it felt that way. But I think when, when it happened, you know, we, we don't, in the NBA, we don't lose our, their greats, you know, um, all but four MVPs in the history of the league are alive. You That's know, Kobe. Remarkable. That's absolutely remarkable. Wes Unseld, Wilt, and Moses Malone, and then now and Kobe, like everyone else is still alive. So I think the initial thing was just like these guys. He's not supposed to die, right? Um, but also Kobe just, you know, when I worked in the NBA, I met. You know, I, obviously I worked for Michael Jordan for for five years. Um, I met LeBron. I met Shaq. I met all those guys in that era. But there was something about when Kobe Bryant came into the building. He had just like a different, like an invincibility about him when you saw him. Because even back then, when I, when I first got into the league, it was when LeBron first went to the Heat. So he was LeBron, he was a star, but he wasn't like, I'm sure if you, if you just met LeBron for the first time now, you'd be like, whoa, there's something about this human that's different. That's how I felt the first time I ever saw Kobe Bryant and like walking into the visitor locker room and Kobe Bryant's there, just like, this is, this is strange. Like, it's just like, there's like an aura about him. I think that, that was a big part of it. I think just like, um, I was 10 years old when he got drafted. I was 10 when Kobe got drafted. And then when I was an adult, like with a career, he was still playing in the NBA. That's how long his career spans. So I think part of it is being obsessed with the NBA and and just his impact on the game. He was just always there. And then even after he retired, he was just, he's just always – you always figured he was going to be a big part of it. Yeah. So I think that was a big part of why it hit me so hard after it happened. You just said something that actually kind of clicked with me in terms of why it affected me so much. Because that, that day, I remember the news broke – and I was just stunned for, for hours. And I remember stopping and taking a step back and thinking, like, why is this death hitting me so hard? Like, it was just, it was bizarre. It was, like you said, outside of family members, this was the most rattled I'd ever been by a death. And the word you just said, in, invincible. He had an invincible aura about him, right? And it just, I think it rattled so many people to their core and just reminds you of your own mortality. Like, a guy like Kobe Bryant whose second chapter, second half of his book is being written right now. So confident, so intelligent. Mm -hmm. Really just like a special guy, to be honest. Great father. And then he's gone. He's gone. And it's mm -hmm. like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, a guy like that can be taken that quickly. And you, I think, naturally, as humans, you become selfish about it. You're like, geez, that's how fragile my own life is. If a guy that, that amazing can be taken from us, you know? Yeah, and he was... The, the the second chapter 
the 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 second half thing is is important because I think that's part of what really impacted a lot of people too. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we were going to talk about like his career on his as a player. Um, but I think what really hit a lot of people is that they saw that after he retired, he was happier and doing and getting ready to do potentially greater things than he ever could have done on a basketball court. Like he's one of the guys who there was a chance he had a chance to use his name and the platform that he built for himself off of being an absolute killer to change everything, like to change the world, right? Like he was sort of changing things. Um, and I think he did even bef- even in the little time before he passed, did change things for women's sports and um, you know inclusivity um, and just you know the way that women's basketball in particular would be viewed. Mm-hmm. But I think everyone saw it with you know obviously all the, the stuff with him and his daughter um, and just the way he was. He had the Mamba Academy and the way he would go to WNBA games and the way he would bring his daughter. Like, you know, the crazy thing I was thinking about today, too, is like his second half, everyone was so excited about what he was going to do with his life outside of basketball that when you when people bring up Kobe, you almost never see highlights anymore. The videos that you see of Kobe are with him with his daughter. Yep. On the yeah, I, the the one is seared into my head. Him laughing with her uh, like courtside of a or game. The one or the one where he's just like pointing and like explaining to yeah, her what's coaching happening her up on, the on court. something. Yeah. Um. But you almost like you know like the majority of people like that's the image they get in their head now, which is an amazing thing. That is right. It's a great because point. this is a guy who you can say what you want about his career. People will debate forever and. They'll talk about his legacy as a player and this and that. He's a top five player of all time to me. Um, and I understand that people will try to argue it. And they, it is what it is. But a guy who accomplished so much, 18 times. Think about that. He was in the league for 20 years. He was in the All-Star game eight, 18 times. I mean, that's like a joke. That, that's outrageous, yeah. that number. Um, and the memory that people have is of him with his daughter. And I'm sure he would. That would be like a sen- a, a, like a, if he knew that, that would be a big point of pride for him, because mm-hmm. that was clearly towards the end. That was the most important thing to him. Um, so yeah, it it is. It's crazy that that's. I think that's a big part of what hit people is. That he was just getting ready. He was just getting started, essentially. I mean, he mm-hmm. obviously was you know, very young. Um, I also was thinking, at least for me personally, um, I I grew up. I'm a little. I'm 34. How old are you? 28. Um, I I started watching basketball because of the early mid 90s Miami Heat and Michael Jordan. Right? Like most people in the 90s, if you grew up in that era, Michael Jordan was the reason you watched basketball. I never got to see MJ play in person. But I but I felt like I did because I got to see Kobe play in person a lot when I was in mm-hmm. the NBA. And it's I know that seems it seems kind of absurd, but like he became MJ. And because people are so attached to MJ and won't give up on him, won't give like 
like give up on what MJ means to them in this godlike persona, I think most people won't take a step back and realize like you're basically watching the same player, which in some respects is almost more impressive than what MJ accomplished as a player. If you think about like MJ became this great, like MJ became the greatest player of all time. Then Kobe Bryant said, like watched him and said, and, and so I'm going to, I'm going to become him and, and became him. Like, think about how mentally tough, not just talented, just mentally, first of all, intelligent, but mentally tough you have to be to be able to be like, I want to be the greatest of all time or better and just mimic everything he does and do it perfectly. Like we've seen the videos, we've seen the videos where they, they, they like weave Kobe and MJ in and Mm -hmm. out and he did, he, he mimicked his game exactly. So I didn't even think about it until after I got done working in the league and till Kobe retired actually. But I didn't think about it. Like when he retired, I thought, you know, I never got to see MJ play, but I saw Kobe play a bunch and it's basically, I, it's like, I got to see MJ play. For at least a little bit and yeah, for me that, that's it's point. like for me that's a big deal because mj was the guy i grew up watching and that's the guy who got me into basketball i have soured on mj since that's a whole different topic but you know and also and then the one other thing was i think for a lot of people kobe kind of bridged the gap of generations of basketball like he bridged the gap mm-hmm. from the not, he was drafted in 96 and he bridged the gap from the from the mid 90s like no non free agent like there wasn't a lot of free agency none of that stuff to the social media era like he was the guy who was the constant throughout all of it so if you're of a certain generation of basketball fan and you you, you even if you started watching in like the 2000s there was one constant over the last 25 years. It was Kobe. And I think that's a big thing of, of what impacted a lot of people is that he was just there. He was just always there. Yeah. He just became part of the culture of the NBA. It was like one of those things where because I think, you know, it unfortunately, unlike other sports, like baseball has been around for 500 years, right? NFL, unfortunately, for, what, for whatever, you know, for the reasons that are what we've lost greats in the NFL, and that's been around for a long time too. The NBA, if you go through like the top 50 players in scoring in the NBA, they're all pretty much alive. Yeah, they're on TV, a bunch of them. <laughs> like, yeah. They're everywhere. Shaq yeah. talked about it. Shaq talked about it afterwards. Basically, you know, the point that he made was like, I've gotten to meet, I got to meet, you know, all my heroes because they're all still here. So we, mm-hmm. he was he he made that point very clear afterwards. Like we just don't lose these types. So I think, and and for this generation, at least people my age and maybe a little younger and maybe even a little older. Like it's so crazy. Like if you asked Rip, who played in the mid '90s to like mid 2000s, even actually a little bit into the 2010s, but he was pretty washed by then. Who was the second best player? Who's the who are the best players ever? He's gonna say MJ and Kobe. If you ask Kyrie Irving, who's playing right now and is like 20 years younger, he'll probably say MJ and Kobe Bryant. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the the span and that debate, like those debates with 
with NBA fans become so contentious when you start going through generations. But he spans like three different generations because of how long and how relevant he stayed. He really does. And, you know, honestly, if LeBron wasn't doing what he's doing now in terms of just defying logic with his durability, like Kobe's the guy you'd be like, geez, he was so good for so long, averaging 27 points when he's 34 years old. Um, like he his product productivity in that 20 years is is remarkable. It'll, and it'll get overshadowed because LeBron's doing stuff we didn't fathom. Right. But uh, I, I'm with you. I mean, the amount of time. So you talked about when, when you were growing up and what got you into basketball. I was the 2001 Sixers with Allen Iverson, right, where, you know, I, I'm nine years old. I'm not watching other NBA teams. I'm only watching the Sixers every night, right? Mm-hmm. Sixers have this great season. They get to the, the finals, and I'm, I watch the Lakers for the first time, and I'm like, this – this isn't even the same league. Like Kobe and Shaq are unstoppable, and that's what brought me online in terms of an NBA fan. Is watching Kobe, just Kobe and Shaq, really just annihilate the team I thought was the greatest ever in the 2001 Sixers. And uh, yeah, he takes us all the way up until Le- like LeBron's getting his titles. You know, mm-hmm. it's a good way to put it, bridging that gap. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think because um, I mean, obviously, like you said, LeBron's doing it now. But also, LeBron will be remembered much differently because he switched teams so many times, mm-hmm. and people are always going to hold that against him. Obviously, Kobe played, you know, never he was always a Laker. Uh, but um, yeah, I just mean in in terms of being so good for so long. I mean, this yeah. guy was like, yeah. I mean, I think wouldn't stop. I was thinking about like my favorite moments for Kobe, like mm-hmm. what what were my like top moments, and I couldn't. St- I mean, I literally. You know, I, I think about, like, obviously, I think a lot of people, the first thing you think about when you talk about, like, NBA moments for him is, like, when he scored 80, 81, mm-hmm. or when he had 62 through three quarters, and he outscored the Mavs 62-61 through three quarters. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it's him having 60 in his final game. Like, uh, that was yeah. the most electric, one of the most electric games I've ever watched in my life for a game that, outside of it being Kobe Bryant's last game, meant nothing. It was... Just, just like nobody gets that. Like that doesn't – you don't get that opportunity. Like you could – like potentially like we might see Tom Brady. He could roll off into the sunset if he wins the Super Bowl this year. Or LeBron could go to the championship and be like, you know what? I'm done. It's been 18 – whatever. But like nobody gets to have the the farewell tour where they announce before the season – and then they go around everywhere. They get chants everywhere. They exchange jerseys. Everyone knows it's ending. And then in the final game, I'm just going to get 60. And, you know, for the most part, that year couldn't move. You know, it was a couple years removed from the Achilles thing. So, like, you really couldn't do anything. 60 points. Mm-hmm. It's like Still the so most, skilled. <laughs> like the, well, just the most Kobe thing ever to do. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have 60. I'm going to take... For the guy who his whole career had to listen to everybody be like, this guy is so selfish, this, that, that, that. He's like, you know what? This is it. I'm, I'm going out on mm-hmm. it, uh, the way I came in. Just chuck. And it was, it was so clear early on in that game. You're like, oh, oh, he might actually – he might go for 50. Oh, yeah. You're like, something's happening. Something, yeah. Something's happening here. Like, mm-hmm. This guy's – this guy's That's about funny. to do something I, pretty crazy. I, was, I wanted to bring up the – it's the little th- – not that 60 in your final game is a little thing, but it's – 
you know, he's got five titles, but it's kind of these smaller moments that really make him a legend in my mind. The the Matt Barnes faking throwing the ball I was going to bring that up, too. I was going to bring that up, too. I was going to bring that up, too. Is, like, like true. Ten, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, when you show that to, like, a kid, they're going to be like, who is this guy? Like, he doesn't flinch at a right. ball. Yeah, it's like, it, it was Yeah, well, it's, the, it's those little things that, like, not his game didn't just show you his mentality, like the Mamba mentality, it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. But like his, the game and the on the court it wasn't the only thing that showed you that. Like the fact that Matt Barnes, like, <laughs> like, 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 tries throwing, to punk him by, try, yeah. And he's like just a psycho and he's like, you're not going to do that to me. Doesn't even flinch. I mean, like, you're like, your DNA, like, as a human, you're supposed to react to that. And he just doesn't, like, yeah. and then there's this other amazing story i just reread it preparing for this episode gerald henderson when he was a rookie told this story about how he saw kobe warming up before a game and then kobe goes over to one of like the arena managers or whatever and he's whispering t- talking to him the arena managers come out and start messing with the net and gerald henderson goes up and asks him he's like what, what was that about and he's like oh kobe was shooting around and he thought that the net was off by like a quarter inch and he's like okay like what was it? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it was off by a quarter inch. I don't know if you ever heard That's, that story. Yeah, like, yeah. he's warming I mean, I up. Was with Ger- I was with Gerald for uh, like three years in Charlotte. I think I, I think he actually told me that story, or yeah. told like a group of people that story. Right. I mean, it's just those little tiny. I can't think of the word, but little footnotes on a career that make him just a badass. As if he. Well, I mean, when you play for twenty years, yeah. <laughs> there's probably like if we had a guest on here that actually knew him, yeah, they'd probably there'd be some stuff. so many absurd like story. I mean, like even um, when MJ at his funeral, when MJ t- talked about him and how like Kobe wouldn't leave him alone and would like call him and just want to talk and just ask him questions for hours. Just like a, like sort of a sense of, of course this guy is like uber successful and one of the like one of the most successful people on the planet because it's just the, his brain was just wired differently than everybody. Um, I do think just to get into the where he stands all time thing, I do think he gets underrated a little bit because there's always this thing of. Well, he's not MJ. And then now there's, well, look, well, he's he can't he's so much like MJ that you can't put him after MJ. And then LeBron is so great, LeBron's got to be ahead of him. And then everyone's like, well, Tim Duncan and the, you know, like, or Will or Kareem. Like, I think he gets knocked down a peg because of how similar he was to MJ. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? I feel that I do, um, but the one one of the big distinguishers for him, I think, is you know, his first three peat was with Shaq, and it's always like, oh well, he had Shaq, you know, like who, you know, those titles are. Yeah, MJ had Scottie Pippen for ex- six titles for all six of them, right? And yeah. then Kobe goes and wins two without Shaq, which ten was, years later, by which the way. was monumental for his legacy in my mind. I mean, that, those were great teams. I mean, Gasol was in his prime. No, they weren't. I mean, really, they weren't though. That's that's what I was going to say is, if you look like for as much as we talk about LeBron's title, you know, winning a title with Kyrie and Kevin Love, from a ta- for just from a pure talent standpoint, Kyrie and Kevin Love are just as talented as Pau Gasol. Pau is a better NBA player. Pau is a Hall of Famer because of when you take his entire body of work. Um, so yes, but after Pau, who 
who again, like pow, it, he was, I mean, I don't remember really off the top of my head that, but I can't imagine he was like, he wasn't a top 10 player in the NBA. He wasn't a top 15 player in the NBA probably. He may have just pushing that. At points in his career, he definitely was. I just don't know if he was then. I would make the argument that those two title teams were on the same level as LeBron's worst title team, like to win a title, not to play. LeBron played with the worst championship team ever, took a team, that first Cleveland team that he went to the finals with. But Kobe won two titles with Pau Gasol, and then the rest of the roster, Ron Artest, Lamar Odom, Andrew Bynum, Derek Fisher, Jordan Farmar, Shannon Brown played a bunch of minutes. Trevor Ariza, young Trevor Ariza. Um, was Ariza even playing? I don't even think Ariza played. Luke Walton? That's actually um, wild. Luke Walton. <laughs> the, yeah, Trevor Ariza uh, wasn't even on. Trevor Ariza was not. He wasn't. I'm looking at it right now. He wasn't on the second team. Really? He oh, okay. He, he was on I the first was, one. I mean, I, to, yeah, I make the point just the to, like, it does distinguish him in terms of, like, in that first three-peat, you weren't sure could Kobe win a title without one of the greatest players of all time. And he goes out, and yes, he can. He clearly can. He wins back-to-back championships without the guy people said he needed to win a title. And I just think that's so badass. Like, yeah, get five I, rings. It, it is, it, it's fascinating that that's the question that always, you know, people, when you talk about Kobe's championships, a lot of people will always be like, well, he had Shaq for three. But when people talk about Shaq's championships, they're never like, "Well, he had Kobe and D Wade." Like, because you could also do the same. <laughs> you could also do this, like the same thing we always do for MJ or LeBron, or LeBron pl- going and playing with D Wade, and like you could do that for Shaq, because like Shaq's never won a title without Kobe or D Wade, mm-hmm. um, and D Wade's never won a title without Shaq or LeBron, and LeBron's never won a title without, or, well, now Kyrie, but he had Kyrie and Kevin Love, but Kobe won two titles. And his second best player was Pau Gasol, and that's not a knock on Gasol. It's just like he's not on the level that these other guys are. Right. That other, even MJ's teams. Truly. Like yeah. no matter what anybody says about Michael Jordan's teams, he had a top fifty player at least at the time, and probably still to this day, a top fifty player in the history of the game, for the first three. And then for the second three, he had the best rebounder and one of the best defensive players in the history of the game, and a first ballot All Famer, Dennis Rodman. Yep. So. So I guess my point being to just briefly talk about like the legacy and where he ranks. I I I think he is a top five player of all time because just in terms of longevity, where he ranks in terms of like scoring and and playoff scoring and regular season scoring, five titles, um, and he never lost a championship. Right, he was five for five. I think that's accurate. Yeah, I don't think he lost a title. So it's just like. Um, I, I don't get how he gets, and and also I think a lot of times we do get caught up in wins and losses and championships when we're talking about best players ever. Like, it's hard to to look at outside of MJ and LeBron. It's hard to look at any of the other guys that people put ahead of him. And I'm not saying proclaiming that Kobe was the third best player ever. I'm just saying it's kind of hard to look at the guys that people tend to put ahead of him. And, and have a legitimate argument that they were just better basketball players than Kobe Bryant. Agreed, yeah. And that's an era thing as well. I mean, most of those guys you're talking about played in a, in a much earlier era with less competition, so that factors into it. Um, yeah. 
man, I I don't know. I, I should just put together my list of top ten guys and just have it written in stone. I don't. I, I Kobe's right around five for me. I don't know if he cracks the top five, but I do totally agree with the the notion that he's almost becoming a little underrated and where where he stands all time. Um, just because. I mean, he, he did have the, like, baggage in terms of he shoots too much and the, the whole, like, he doesn't pass and, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I'd um, probably put him at five, I think. He's in there. I don't know. It's hard for me to rank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's not what this episode's about. But it is. Yeah. It's a good question. Um, were there any other moments just from his career that stick out to you? Well, this one, okay, th- this – kind of goes towards the outlet I work at. And this is a smaller story, but I think it's funny as hell. We we had a guy who would do, like, little, you know, offbeat videos for us and, you know, man on the street, ask fans questions, that sort of thing. And it turned out he was Kobe Bryant's point guard in high school. So I saw this. I in, in Kobe's this. last game in Philly, I believe, uh, we did some sort of thing where he had a th- – this former point guard of his had a press pass – and asked him a question about like who's the best point guard you ever played with, and Kobe remembered him like that. It was I know I saw, was, I saw the video. It was I did awesome see the, yeah, because I was cool. certain I was certain Kobe was not going to remember him. Which I guess I don't know. I think your high school point guard, you spent yeah, a lot of time with the guy, but yeah, that yeah. moment I thought was really really cool. Like Kobe's played with some of the greatest players in basketball history, and against and, and yeah, and but he remembers this guy who he played with in high school at Lower Marion. I will say one like career moment that I remember was when he, uh, when MJ came back and was playing for the wizards and Kobe fucking gave him 55. (laughs) Like again, just the epitome of what Kobe is, right? This is, you know, this is the legend, right? This is the guy he grew up idolizing. This is the guy whose career he wanted to emulate and be better than. And obviously when Kobe got into the league was MJ's prime. So he wasn't going to happen then. So what does he do when MJ comes back and he's basically – I mean, MJ was still – he was still averaging 20 and, you know, he could still play a little bit. Kobe was like, all right, <laughs> this is my shot. Yeah. I'm about to fucking stomp MJ right And that's now. kind of the beauty of – I mean, Mamba mentality. There's no sympathy out there. When, you, when, when you're playing the game, you are trying to not just win but destroy the other person. And he did I it. Lo- I just – I forgot about that when I was like – when I did I was, too. That's when I was good. getting ready for this, um, like just looking back at like highlights and stuff, I totally forgot. I mean, I remember it happening when I saw the highlights, but I forgot about it until like today when I saw it. And I'm just like, dude, just literally the epitome of what Kobe Bryant mm-hmm. was. Right. Yeah. And it's funny because those are the things, like you said, like five championships, MVPs all-star games, all that stuff. But the things, like the little things that will make you, that are more, that are the the Kobe things are him giving MJ 55 when MJ came back or him not flinching with Matt Barnes and that type of stuff. And that's just in his, like for his career. Like those are the little things that you like, you remember just like, God, this guy was such a legend, such a legend. And he was also so, you know, it's crazy. Like, and I don't mean this in a bad way. Like everyone hated him. Oh, I because hated him during his career. Everyone hated yeah. like well also you have to we, it would be we'd be remiss of not saying he's a very polarizing person, right? With everything yeah, that, you know. Obviously the, the the you know he had his issues his sexual assault charges that ended up getting dropped 
and he settled out of court. And there's a lot of people to this day that still are not fans of him because of whatever. But no one knows what actually other than him mm-hmm. and the people that were involved. No one really knows. So, you know, and people, by the way, people change and people become better people. Like people learn their lessons in life. So holding stuff like that, like I think if anything, what has transpired will probably teach you to like, hey, maybe, hey, maybe give people a chance on some level because you just never know, mm-hmm. right? So there's a lot of people who are, but I think, I just mean, but I, but what I mean is obviously as a player, like when he was playing, if you were a fan of any team other than the Lakers, you hate, like you hated him. And I like, it's just like, you couldn't stand him coming. You were just like, God, because you knew, you knew. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's weird because I think other than like Knicks fans, when MJ was in the league, I think other fan bases liked MJ. I think because I think he there was actually this, when he was in the people, league, yeah. there was this aura of like, oh, it's MJ, and it was just mm-hmm. like we got to see MJ. But Kobe, as great as he was, I think when he went to other places, people were like, God damn, I God, I hate him because I know what's about to happen. We're about to get I, we're about to get our asses whooped. I think Kobe was like a like a villain. He's like the villain. The badass villain, whereas Jordan was never really that. Jordan was, unless you were playing Jordan in the finals, you didn't look at him as like a villain. He was like a superhero. He also whereas, transcended the league at the time. Like he yeah, changed yeah, things. He was bigger. He was the NBA, if not bigger than the By NBA. the way, What's Gaming says, love you guys and Kobe. Hey, man. Love you too. What's up? Thanks What's for watching. Gaming? Yeah, thank you. Um, but yeah, I think there was this aura around MJ. Like he saved the He made the league international. So it it was different. Like the league wasn't what it became. Fans over time have become so much more sophisticated. And I think, again, Kobe sort of bridges that gap, right, of, Mm -hmm. you know, 90s. Like, 90s and pre-90s basketball were like, I almost make a correlation to, like, wrestling in a sense, right? Where, like, there was an era of wrestling. And obviously, this is a total, I'm going on a total tangent here. But there was an era of professional wrestling where... People were obsessed with wrestling and thought like these guys were like they thought it was real. And then all of a sudden you found out, oh, these guys are just characters, right? Um, there was a pre-social media era of NBA basketball where these guys were not humans, right? Like you just didn't you didn't know MJ. You didn't know Larry Bird. You didn't know these guys unless you like lived in that city or w- went to college at UNC when he was like you didn't know. This, these guys were larger than life. And I think Kobe started in that era and was the guy, he was the one, he was one guy, maybe the guy who bridged the gap from like the time where we knew nothing about professional athletes to the time where we, we know too much about, we probably know too much about professional athletes, Mm -hmm. to be honest. Um, I don't even remember what my point was, but uh, what was my point? Well, I mean, you were just talking about how he was before social media and like also, I think you were kind of, oh, that's why, and that's why people, the, like I think you like Kobe was one of those guys where we first, we started like like we knew MJ was a killer because of what he did on the court, but we learned about Kobe. Like Kobe mm-hmm. was Kobe wasn't just the best player in the NBA for a long time. He was the best player in the NBA for a long time, and we had a microphone in his face, and he was telling us about his mentality, and he told us like I'm going out there every night to kill you, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think people were just like, dude. Okay, we get it, man. Calm the fuck down. And at the time, and as it's happening, you're like, 
I can't stand it. Why doesn't get? Why doesn't this guy chill out? And then you look back and you're like, that was pretty badass. This yeah. guy's a fucking monster. <laughs> he was like, also doing social media shit before it was even like he went to prom with Brandy. No, no, listen, like, I was going to bring up. <laughs> listen, I was going to bring up that one of my Kobe Bryant highlights is that he was in Moesha. He was what? in the show. Oh, wasn't he? Was he in Fresh Prince as well, or no? No, Am I making that no, up. No, no. Oh, okay. Oh, I mean, no, 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 no. I, I, no, no, I've seen no. But he was in Moesha for like an episode, maybe two, but I think it was just one episode. And I think that's how him and Brandy ended up going to prom. All right, I'm going to give you an opportunity he also, to crush he also, me here. I don't know also, what Moesha he was, is. He, the, brand, the show Brandy was on. Oh, on yeah. Oh, it was her show that okay. ran for a long time. Um, I mean, I don't. You're, you're. Yeah, you're probably a little young. For it. I mean, and I'm, and yeah. no offense to anybody, but probably not your demo. I mean, I wasn't probably the Moesha demo either, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. You definitely weren't because you're like six years younger than me. But um, I watched it anyways. I still go back and watch it sometimes. I might go back and watch the Kobe Bryant Moesha episode tonight. No, you know what? We got to save that for an episode where we have nothing to talk about. We'll watch the just... Kobe Moesha episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Live react. Um, but he was also like... Uh, he he rapped. It wasn't very good, but he did it. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like doing commercial. I mean, yeah, he was doing a lot of the social media stuff before it became point, like yeah. No, yeah normal to be. And he would have been a social media spotlight. like. I mean, he did legend. become that. He did mm-hmm. become that. I mean, he became yeah. that. Like he transitioned to it so perfectly. Um, and then he obviously. I mean, dude, the guy won the guy won an Oscar. Yeah. Oh my God, we didn't even. Do, we're, we're 41 minutes in. We didn't even mention. The but dude that's the wins thing is like Oscar. we just haven't even had a chance to talk about his second act, like you sort of mentioned, because mm-hmm. his career was so special. I mean, it's just he was. Yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, I think we've put it into words as much as we can. Like, there's just only mm-hmm. so much you can say. Like the career kind of speaks for itself. Um, I will say there's the one other thing that. I think um, made it so hard, and is is, is obviously his daughter. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I thought about this a lot afterwards too. Because I used to sit like Raja Bell when I was at CBS working with Raja. Uh, I used to produce Raja, Raja and Kobe. Obviously, famously, Raja, um, you know, clothesline Kobe. In the playoffs and that's like he's that's what he's known for and then after their careers were over they became really good friends like very close and their kids are around the same age and i used to show raja like anytime a clip of Gigi would go viral on twitter i would show it to raja at work and i'd be like dude she's fucking she's kobe like she's so goddamn good for a tw- like for a for her age the things she was doing she was going to change everything, right? And not that there would be um, – and it's not like if Kobe died, there would be a silver lining in any of it because how could there be – but if – if it, I think losing her too, right? Because I mm-hmm. – I at least in my estimation, she was going to change things. I think she had a chance to truly change – like not just Kobe. Like Kobe was doing good things for women in women's sports. But there's never been, at least in like a popular American sport, 
because really the only popular American sport that has a professional women's league is basketball. There's never been a player that's gone to the WNBA, potentially, that has the name recognition and like the cachet that Gigi Bryant would have had. Yeah. Right? And the way she was trending and all that stuff, um, she had a, there was like the potential to change everything. And I think that's part of also what made it even harder at the time, mm-hmm. um, which, without even maybe even realizing it at the time. But I think you like you heard, I think there was this initial like shock and then you're like, oh my God. And, and, and G like the whole thing. So, I mean, I, I did, I, I did want to mention her because mm-hmm. she was, I've, I mean, I, she was so incredible for her, for that age. Like, how many, I mean, really, like, in your life, like, unless, like, Steph Curry's daughter or something, right? right? Like, mm. will you ever watch a highlight of a 12-year-old, play, a 12-year-old girl playing basketball ever again? You know what I mean? Like, you would never, like, go out. You know how good, you know how fucking good, no matter what their name is, you know how good a 12-year-old girl has to be at basketball for it to keep your attention for more than half a second mm-hmm. like think true. about it. Really think about that true. like you have to they have to be the greatest 12 year old girl basketball player that's ever played for you to be like well damn that mm-hmm. that, that that girl can play and yeah. she was doing it her clips were everywhere no yeah it's not it's not an exaggeration she was unbelievably special i mean what i was going to close with was um in the same vein um in terms of fatherhood like with all of the storylines in this guy's career and how great of a player he was and, you know, the controversy midway through his career, he resurrects his whole image and that sort of thing. I really think where his brand, his image was going was incredibly important and that was towards being an unbelievable father. Um, with all the horrible things going on in the world like mm-hmm. and trying to get people on the same page and turn things around and really start making this country and this world a better place like to me parenting is at the absolute forefront raising your kids to be good people is the most important thing you can do to help make a difference in this world and that was becoming this guy's image after basketball he was an unbelievable father and and he loses his life with his daughter being a great father you know like being her coach and that sort of thing so it breaks my heart but I also hope it is kind of like this lasting image of Kobe that he was an amazing father. And mm-hmm. this is one of the most badass dudes that ever walked the earth. And he was an amazing father. And yeah, and it's, and it's, to, yeah, it's, it's a great point. It's well said. And it, it goes to what we said earlier, which is for everything he accomplished in his career, all of the accolades, which I won't even, I don't have to name again. We all know the image that comes to everyone's mind that will be the lasting image probably forever of Kobe was him with his daughter, mm-hmm. which is remarkable for a guy who is so accomplished and so incredible and one of the greatest to ever do this one thing. He's one of the best. We're talking about in the history of this one thing, in the history of Earth, this one thing that's so hard to do, he's one of the five best to ever do this one thing. And we, the first thing that pops in your head when you hear his name is not that. It's him being a good dad. That's amazing. 
and that's important an, it, and that truly is, it, important. And it's, it, 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 it is, and it's important to keep talking about it. Like when we thunk, think about like, should we do a show about Kobe? Should we not? Because who are we? We're just two guys talking about basketball on the internet. It is important to keep talking about him because every time we talk about him, we are going to talk about Gigi and we're going to talk about, you know, hashtag girl dad and everything mm-hmm. that he was becoming and the example he was setting for dads, you know, particularly dads of young girls. Um, so, yeah, it's a great point. Um, and I will also add this. Um, you know, this this past weekend, you know, Twitter, obviously, it's a tough you know, if you want to be successful doing any of this type of shit that we do, you got to be on Twitter. You got to be on social media. Um, and we talked about how, like, when Kobe was in the league, everyone, people, like, they fans, they, they didn't like him. And the guy's a player. They go, oh, there's hate. This has developed, I think, into g- people genuinely hating athletes for some reason, right? Like, there's people who I think genuinely hate Tom Brady for some reason, yeah. right? There's people who genuinely, because he went from Cleveland to Miami to Cleveland to L.A., they genuinely, they, they genuinely hate LeBron. I think if there's anything we can take away from this, at, at least in terms of being a sports fan and following sports, is yeah, we got to just chill out with that. And I think we sometimes can do a better job of that too, mm-hmm. the way oh, we yeah. talk about certain guys. But it, it, but in it especially like obviously appreciated everybody like while you have them, but like the the greats, right? Like you just never know, and the way people talk about some of these athletes, and I yes, we've been guilty of it, particularly with Kyrie. You know, mm-hmm. we we kill the guy, and you know, like to keep without getting into it, he does he brings some of the criticism on himself, but nothing any of these guys do. Un, I mean, unless there is something that they do. <laughs> Right, because you know no one's perfect, but like, there's no reason to hate an athlete for being an athlete. Um, and like it, truly hate, hate, yeah, you know, like, or yeah. but like, but even just like slandering them or talking mm-hmm. about them or talking about their family. Like, there's got to be more to you. No one loves the game. Like, I, I'm not saying I'm like the number one NBA fan in the on the planet, and this, but like. Most of my adult life has been dedicated to some version of covering or being in the NBA or whatever. I can't even fathom a world where I would go on Twitter and just like, like, say something like that about a person, like a, a an athlete for being an athlete. Mm-hmm. So I guess my point, like, this is my point, is just like, let's take this and remember, like, you don't you don't get to like turn it around after it's over. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're going to remember the things you said about these people if and when they're gone. And I would say, like, as we're dying to have these guys go away, like, I would kill to have Kobe Bryant playing in the NBA right now. Now, obviously, he passed away after his prime. But I mean it in the sense of, like, when we're watching the LeBrons and even Katie as his career starts to progress towards the end and, and Brady and Rodgers and these greats in sports – we got like, let's stop. We got to like stop, like hating them. Stop trying to force them out. Appreciate every moment you have seeing this greatness, because it's the only thing you're gonna remember in twenty years. 
you're not going to remember that your team won a divisional playoff game or a second round playoff you know series you're going to remember that you got to watch this dude win his fifth championship or seventh super bowl or whatever it is so i think you know we tend to think that these guys are invincible because they kind of are in a sense they appear to be but we <laughs> but we learned obviously that they're not so appreciate it while we still have it while we have all of them because it's this is this was the toughest I mean, this was the toughest that there's a toughest situation. I mean, if there's ever been in, in sports, at least f- for me, for my mind. I think so. Yeah, it was yeah. remarkable. The the, re- the the outpouring of grief really said a lot about what this guy was and, and what he meant, you know, because it was yeah. it was staggering. Yeah. Um, I think that's it, man. Yeah, I think that's that was a good. All one. Of, I, mean, I think that's uh, there's not much more to be said. No. Who is it? You know, we love Kobe. It's really all there is to say. Mm-hmm. It's just, even when you didn't realize you loved him, you loved him. It's like a weird thing. Yeah. You know? Um, all right. Well, thanks for doing this episode. I think it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, uh, Calvin. Calvin. Calvin jumps in here. Calvin's always appreciated, Calvin. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. Um, back to a normal version of the episode. There's a lot of stuff we didn't get into today. No, didn't need to. Actually, you know what? I will say one thing. Shout out to, um, since we're talking about like women in sports and being role models and all that, I will say shout out to, God, now I got to look it up, but there are two women refed an NBA game for the first time today. Oh, the same game? In the same game. Ah. Um, so Yeah, look that up. Natalie Sago and Jenna Schroeder were the first two women ref crew in NBA history tonight for the Charlotte Orlando game. Wow. So shout out to them. That's worth a shout out, at least at the end of this episode. Absolutely. Um, And then everything else we missed today, we'll hit tomorrow. We'll see you guys then. Later. Later.